Welcome to Tech London, a show featuring interviews with London's top creative entrepreneurs, startups, investors, design agencies, internet marketers, and freelancers that make up the Tech London online community, which mostly lives on the Slack instant messaging platform. We rotate through both hosts and guests for these interviews, so you have the chance to hear from multiple perspectives on London's tech scene. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the long-awaited next episode of the Tech London podcast. Um, there's the Tech London Slack channel, which is at least 80 million, maybe I'm exaggerating there, people in um, the, the in the Tech London startup-y scene, which is started by our friend Jonathan about five, six years ago, probably when Slack first came out. Um, so if you want to join that Slack channel and join the conversation, um, it's tech.london. Go there, get involved. Um, request an invite and today in our cloud studio is is sean so sean what are you known for and what would you like to be known for okay um what am i known for i think i'm known for making things happen i would probably say is the similarity in my in my career so it's kind of being from um personal training in the city many years ago to nlp mindset coaching and to traders in the city making making that moving that forward through to um, co-start up and go, which I think is probably the one I'm most uh, most known for, which is a company we started about five years ago. Just wanted to create the space selfishly to work with cool people on cool stuff in the startup ecosystem. And I noticed the gap also for um, smart, lean support that helps move a business forward in that gray area that that's many startups find themselves in from idea or getting off the ground through to getting rocking whether that's revenue or through to funding and and creating opportunities for people to be able to move their business forward by tapping into our either experience or lean team so that's kind of what I'm mainly known for there and then maybe a bit of entrepreneur coaching and podcasts i like the way you say a bit of entrepreneur coaching like you every yeah. every third sunday you go and sit and have a coffee with someone because because we, we met via the co-working ecosystem in london yeah and um as i've stalked you i've seen you've helped more than one startup like i'd say sort their act out or yeah get get a grip on going from sort of I've started. Now, what do I do to to, to that next step? Um, yeah, that clarity, right? That that we we need help at that time. It's like, so where do I even start, or what do I do next? And I've got all this information that I feel I should be conforming to. What's realistic, or what's real, and what should I be doing? And and that that was so. One of the things I've, I was wanted to talk to you about is I feel like I've read hundreds of books on business, entrepreneurship, and marketing. And then in you know whether I'm being a freelancer or whether I'm working in a company. I, I come to like that thing they talked about in the book and the the theory is very different from the reality of the situation. Uh, and is that something you find with people? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, yeah, I think there's, there's a big gap between the thinking around, okay, I want to do X and actually applying and getting it done is another whole thing. You can hear a lot of, there's a lot of stories out there like, yeah, I'm doing this, I'm building it up and it's really easy and we use this, we use this. There's a lot sort of, bravado around it all but actually you're right when you're actually faced with maybe your startup is leaning into the industry that you're familiar with and therefore you've nailed that part right you know oh, i know the product and i want to do this this is what i know and then it's like okay how do i take what do i do next how do i take this into this the next space of building this out and what does that even look like and there's a lot of things you can read a lot of tools and tips and hints and things you can see but it's actually the, uh, uh, applying it is actually a lot harder 
Because I've had more than one person say, um, "Oh yeah, we do we do agile." And they, what do you mean by that? And then when you when you dig really deeper, they're like, "Actually, I don't really know what agile means, or what Scrum means, or what a Kanban board is, or anything like that." And there's like a lot of things that people assume you you need to know. And yeah. most people I know, they, they might have gone and done a, a Jeff Sutherland course on how to use Scrum, but most people sort of arrive at a tool and yeah. they're like, oh, my, my other mate over here was using it and it worked for him. So I don't know, how does it work? And it's like, like no one, no one teaches you about money. No one teaches you about sex and no one teaches you about how to run a company, but you're all supposed to like know how to do yeah. it immediately. All as soon as you say, <laughs> all CRM systems. That's my other favorite one. Um, so let, let, let's, let's go into that one then. Cause mm-hmm. I, I'm, I am definitely guilty of having state of the art software that is way above the uh, the need, you know, like like uh, I remember, I, I remember like ten years ago, I signed up to Salesforce as a as a one man freelance operation, which was a bit like you know hiring a battleship to go canoeing down the uh, the River Thames, right. um, and it was way over spec for my needs. They, they let they were very happy to let me buy it, um, but. And I spent like two weeks trying to work out how to use it. And just before I was going to throw myself out the window, I, I gave it back and got a refund. But how, how, how do we, how do we, CRM's a great one. How yeah. do we sort that bit out? Yeah, I mean, CRM's an interesting one, isn't it? Because so often uh, it's, you know, I so often hear, oh, I've got HubSpot. Well, HubSpot, you know, I'm just getting HubSpot. Or someone said HubSpot's like, they've obviously very good and a very prominent brand there but it's like okay fine there are all these tools and things that you can do but what do you actually need to do with it uh i think just getting hubspot and whacking some names in there or whatever it might be is not going to give you clarity around what you need to be doing as a business you know what is the what why using the why i think you know so what do your business, you know, what does your business do and what do you, what is your set? What are your sales funding? What's working and what isn't working? And even, I mean, even kicking off with something as simple as an Excel to see visually what your flow is, how you're working and, and then going, okay, well, this is successful. This isn't fine tuning. Okay. We now kind of know what we need to do within our, our relationship management area, within the sales, within that aspect and how, and, and the why and what's working for our business. Okay. Now let's go and find a tool that matches that. I so often see people whack in there, as you just said, really early on, some all singing, all dancing program. And you're trying to build your business around someone else's tool. Tool is a means within which you manage the workflow. So if you don't know what it is and then you whack in a big tool, you're not only wasting money but time to try to develop clarity around someone else's thinking. It's the same with, for example, the emails. Like I often see startups, got Office 365, I'm like, how many, how many are there? Of, or nothing wrong with it, I have to say. But how many are there of you? Oh, just me and, you know, maybe two of us. And like, well, perhaps there's need for something a little bit more. Here she brings in Agile, which probably means making it up flexible and making it up a little bit as you go along at the beginning. Um, but also then there's the whole budget piece. There's there's this, this people will sell you lots of stuff if they think that you can, you know, obviously there's a there's a sales aspect there, but what do you really need? And yeah, so the CRM aspect, I suppose with any, any tool and any process and anything you're doing is why are you doing it? What does your business need at this point? And what is it going to need in the future? So to jump into something now, what if you suddenly change tack? You're like, oh, no, we've got all these contacts or whatever in this piece. So there needs to be a little bit of thought around it. And um, But there is pressure to jump in and sort of join the gang with some of the things like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this. And I've got this tool and I've got this thing. It's like, okay, but what are you actually doing? 
I've, I've definitely been guilty of that. I've, I've tried, um, I had to stop looking at product hunt because I would try every new gadget, which is a really great way to learn actually. Mm. Like, um, but I was always like signing up for something. And, and what actually, what actually happened in the end, uh, there's a book that came out, I don't know, like years ago called, um, making ideas happen by Scott Belsky, who started Behance and he sold that to Adobe mm. and his, his thing was he, he researched and interviewed a lot of people about how they're productive and how they're creative and everything like that. And everybody, the, 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 the jump of the book is everyone who creates their own system by borrowing from lots of different bits, you know, does really well. Those who like, you know, follow, get stuff done or stuff like that. I mean, if you do do that, that's fine. But like yeah. people who, people who like commit to someone else's system don't do quite as well as people that spend time with themselves and work out what works for them. And then in the book somewhere, maybe I'm sure it's in the book. He says, you know, and then you can take what you do to whatever tool you would go through, go to. And when he wrote the book, you know, there were way, like there's a new Kanban board every week nowadays. Um, But if you know, if you know a theory, you can apply it. And, and in the, um, like the Jeff Sullivan books about scrum and agile and everything, the agile manifesto, they're really keen to say is like, this is the basics and then apply it in a way that works for your team. Cause uh, an oil rig works very different from a FinTech. Right. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. And then you've got other dynamics to think about, which is you've got, if you implement a tool within a startup or a company or whatever, and then there's a few people on team, for example, and then people, there's also the dynamics that does everyone understand the best practice and why we're doing this and how we use it um, to maintain that. And often you find, People not using a particular, not using a tool or X or whatever it might be, and you just part of the working learning with that is you actually need to figure out which bits they're not using, and it's most likely something that they probably don't need. So this is why it's important to think of the real, you're right, theory individually around how we work, how we get stuff done, and how we apply that in our own way because it's got to be in our own way or it's not sustainable. There's a way of working in our mind that we, that leans into how we do our best and the theories behind working and productivity need to be interlinked to that. But then when you grow a team, it also needs to be obviously interlinked with the business and the fundamentals there. And then there's a third piece, which is the team and the delivery and getting everyone else to use it. And, uh, you know, uh, I liken this to, um, an example of a sort of a, a, a startup or scale-up that I've worked with a, a number of times where they may have implemented, say, an internet telephone system. And it's like, it's great and it can sing and dance and all we can, all these systems and things that you can use within it. But half of the people don't know how to do it. Like, actually, I hands up, remember, at different periods in my career, like, how do I, <laughs> how do I leave a voicemail? How do I transfer this got call? So, I mean, I think there is there's the point of the start of the, the business or the, the, the project or the entrepreneurial, or, you know, the person working in their theory behind how they work and get stuff done all the way through to as the business grows. So, so how, how do you get people in a team? Like, so, so like, you know, in our, in our company, we have 10 people mm-hmm. and they're all, they're all really, you know, enthusiastic and great and committed, but I'm very wary of going in and saying, um, right, you all have to do this. And, and which I, you know, sometimes to do, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But um, if, you know, someone someone says to me, "You have to use, uh, you know, you have to use Office three six five, and I I like Google better. I'll, I'll just I just won't. I know, I'll resist doing the three six five thing, which is an amazing tool. It is, it's, it's like if you haven't if you haven't looked at it for ten years, it is a completely different. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they're all pretty good, right? They're all good for their ways. It's just finding that path. I agree. 
I mean, and that, that piece there, I think is understanding the why and how it helps them do their job better. Um, I think it's you, you whacking a, a tool or a way of work and go, here you go, guys, crack on. Um, but I think if they really understand and if it's rolled out really well and understand the links, it helps them do their job better. And I think actually before these pieces are even implemented, if you already have a team, you need to have a conversation around what's working and what's not anyway before you bring a tool in because it's just something else to do. But if someone, I tend to find that if there's there's logic around people understanding the why and how it helps. So, for example, with a lot of flexible working, um, and then we, Kosalap and Gobi, been doing this since well, since day dot, you know, five odd years ago. Um, and an example with us would be, you know, if we've got various tools that we use so that everyone can work flexibly, sort of passing the baton over to where the project was or where that document is, or, you know, there's nice workflows within various different tools. But the why is, well, if, if Joe Bloggs hasn't left that thing there and if you working flexibly, and I honestly don't mind when my team works, if that's 11, 12 at night and you go in to do your thing and that thing's not there, well, that, that's very annoying, right? <laughs> Um, but if everyone has a common, there's a culture in the team around supporting each other by doing, using the tools that help each other work flexibly, for an example, contextually, then there's the driver, isn't there? Having said that, you'll often get people who just, it's not their, they're just not used to the routine of doing things like that. And you will sometimes need to say that, but it depends what, where they are. If they're super, super organized and on it, then that's something they would do. If, if that isn't, they like to work more flexibly or exactly like you said, have a leaning towards a particular program. There, there's always a percentage where you do have to follow up with, with whether people are using it or not. It's called human nature too. Yeah. I think there's um like, more so in freelancer groups have been in you know, over like so many, you know, I spent like 10 years sitting in co-working spaces in London with other freelancers. And as we got to know each other, we would then talk about, so how does this, how does this work with clients? How does this, what tool do you use for this? Cause there was this like mystery, there's this mystery super freelancer you see on the internet. And then there's the, you know, the people that are, you know, like real, real freelancers trying to work something out um, yeah. or, or, make a mic i call them micro agencies i'm a big fan of um there's alex from shift oh, i can't remember the name of it he's a big advocate of the micro business movement um, yes. and that's where that's where you know probably more so than startups that's where my my heart is the, the people who are starting something rather than people who are hello yes i'm a startup and yeah you know they're like no you're not mate you're you you're a micro business yeah, um, and Oh, I forgot what I was going to say now. Um, talking about how we work together yeah. has always been really, really interesting. And you know, like, I think it's really worth the time saying, well, I do this and then I move this to here and then that happens because mm. so many times I've been, and it's, it's always been fun, but like I've been invited to a Google workspace and I've been invited to a Trello board and just probably twice in my life the people i'm working with have talked me through how it works yeah i've just assumed that oh yeah you know trello let's go yeah um, and, yeah. I, and i do know trello but i don't know how you use it exactly yeah i mean that that's the piece that there also it also needs to make sense so if you've got a bunch of different tools and ways that we do things that you use to make to get stuff done um they've got to kind of logically link up so an example would be if you've got like um I don't know. So you have emails for main comms and then you would have like Slack for team comms and then a central drive to Google or 
Dropbox or whatever is your, your, your thing there. Um, and, you know, so looking at those pieces there and emails, if that's, if that's what you want to do with Slack can, can counteract that. It all has to make sense. So if you've got five, I don't know, if you've got five clients, A to whatever that is, the fifth letter, <laughs> uh, and then that you've got files in your emails so that that's where they sit. And then in, in Slack, you would have A to letter five <laughs> in there that matches the comms on that. And then in the drive, you would probably have a similar, so a similar kind of thing. And then in Trello, the Trello would need to match those. This is a very basic explanation, but Trello would then need to match that system. So actually when you're even using more than the one tool, cause then it can get quite confusing, right? There needs to be a logic with the flow of how they're used so that they match. Otherwise it gets, unproductive if you see my point yeah yeah like for so um, i've always used uh what's it called google drive mm. and you can th- this is a great example not many people know you can just link things i don't know how many people know actually to be honest folks but um <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm surprised at how many people go oh, i didn't know you could like link it to there so you, you will have in those t- all those tools you just mentioned yes the link to mm. Google Drive is the like the central organizing factor. Yes. And and I spend so much time looking for links and docs and stuff like mm. that. And part of that is my own sheer incompetence of organization. If if I hadn't read so many productivity books, I would be dead in the water. Because, you know, at least by reading them I have an idea of how other people aspire for me to work with them. Um and you know, just just the if you had out the amount of seconds you spend looking for the link, looking yeah. for the doc, looking for the version. Yeah. And I, I, was, yeah. I was, I was met my cousin, um, my second cousin from, I haven't seen him since I was 16. And we were talking about, um, security and stuff like that and productivity. And it was, it was just very interesting. He's like, how much time is wasted looking for things yes. and things floating around and people not, being in the right, I know the right, the right workflow and stuff like that. And yes. the, um, what have you got anything else on that bit there? Yeah. Okay. So I know I, 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 I think that you're right. There's a lot, there's at least uh, people can normally re- re- reduce wasted time by at least, it sounds a lot, but at least 20% of their time was wasted on unnecessary toing and froing with these things. And I think you're right. A lot of these tools do interlink or you need to have, if you repeatedly do a task, there's a problem with that. Why are you repeatedly doing the same thing or looking for the same thing? So if you if one is reviewing how you work, even whether the tools link or not, it's like it's quite good to go every now and go go. How am I working? Why am I repeat? If I'm repeating this, there's a this is wasting my time, and I need to fix that, or I need to put a, a template or a link. Or you're right that Google the Google link. And actually, what most people sh- should understand is that these tools all want to interlink because they'll make you, that will make you want to get it more because it will interlink with what you're already doing. Yeah. I, I use, um, I think, uh, it's called momentum. It's like a Google plugin thing. Mm. And I've just, so basically it's like a bookmark bar. So I've got everything bookmarks in there that I use a lot. And then the other thing that blew my mind, um, it's about the same time Spotify came out, whenever that was, I started using a thing called rescue time, okay. which tracks nowadays it tracks your phone your computer your tablet and where you log into and how much time you spend on stuff and and back then i thought oh you know i, I didn't spend a lot of time on facebook and it turned out i spent three hours a day on facebook which was <laughs> yeah. like 
terrible. Uh, and then you can lock it. This, this is very telling of how much we lie to ourselves. You can set it up so that certain things, so it might be like Slack, Trello, your email are highly productive or probably your Slack, Trello and your calendar are highly productive yeah. and email, Facebook and Instagram are not productive. Mm. So you go, I really need to focus now. And you can just click one button on your device and it will lock everything up. So you can only get to the tools you need to use. And it tracks how much time you spend in each tool, yeah. how much time you spend. And it, and it sounds very complicated, but you can look at a pretty little graph. And it's amazing how when, like personally for me, when there's something really important to do, how much time I just dick around, you know, avoiding. Not procrastination, right? Avoiding the thing. You know. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot, that, and there's been a lot more of that over the last year and a half as we've battled with keeping focused everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of my my time, I mean, I do a lot of time management stuff with the entrepreneurs that I work with, and one of the pieces that I do, and this might freak some out, is art for me personally. I mean, I use the Slack and comms and bits and pieces of my team, but for me, with my own time management and what I need to do, I do just use my diary because it's there at source. I, I often find that the biggest gap for people and productivity and getting things done and actually delivering them is also when do I do this and the when and the how, when do I do this and how long is it going to take? And sometimes those tools don't show us that until we're on the day when it's like, okay, well I pick these, whoops, how am I going to get 20 hours out today? So I often find that using something like a, a, a when and um, how long is that going to take uh, like a Google vision, a, a diary is a good visual um, of seeing when, when, when you know how long how long you're spending on things and where your time is spent so i actually i actually use my diary in that way and have blocks for different areas and it's literally color code heaven for anyone who likes that but that's because I, I think there's a point where you really have to fine tune down individually it, you can really fine tune down where your time is being spent and nail that by doing something like that that's when you really don't waste any time in anything other than open this up and i know exactly the four key things that i need to do in this area off to the next one um, so, so how how long is it? How do you, do, pe do people? Yeah, you know, I'm obsessed with this. So it's it's just like you know, I eat every day, and then I'm obsessed with productivity. Mm. And you know, it's helped me. It's taken years, but it's helped me like outrun just human procrastination sure. and fear and dyslexia mm. and and then like all, all those things. So it's a it's a big part mm. of my thing. But like when when someone comes to you and they haven't you know, drown themselves in productivity books and habit books, you know, like how do you get them from being all over the place to, to, to like owning the, their responsibility yeah. of owning their time? Well, I tend to, great question. I tend to start with who are they? You know, what are they, what is their working style? Are they really organized? And I tend to do, do either like a, a, some sort of, like a, I tend to kind of start with like a disc profile. They're very good if anyone wants to explore how they naturally work their working style and what they what they've adapted to so often this can be different if you're at the beginning of a startup obviously things can be slightly different than in if you're in a uh, a full-time role more humdrum so i tend to find out well first of all you need to work out who you are and how you what's your natural working style how motivated are you at different times of the day how organized are you if you're not that organized for example naturally and that doesn't mean it's no right or wrong there it's just how we are naturally and like to be more creative then there will be the need to have more processes and reminders and things to keep you on track with being organized so we start with who we are and how we naturally work because everything else needs to follow again it goes back to the whacking a tool on it 
there's no point me sitting there going, right, well, these are all the things you need to do. It's like, let's go back to source. Are you working in tune with who you are, the times of the day? All that, even all that kind of stuff makes a difference. And then we look at their, you know, their, what they actually need to do, both professionally and personally. What are the things you need to deliver? And how are you currently doing it? What's working? What's not? Where's the waste of time? Can we put tools into one thing? What is the best practice around how you work and you manage your time in the day? Do you need to be motivated um, and kept accountable? Reminders to do things. But uh, you know, honestly, it goes down to who who they are, how they work to begin with, and everything else follows follows from there. And then, you know, what do they need to do? When do they need to do it? How? And then the tools and techniques, and then the and then the habit, it needs to become a habit. You can do all of this, but if the habit is not there, it just won't be sustainable. So I tell, tend to build up bit by bit um, so that it's there's a, there's a habit and then the accountability created and then building on. Um, and as with your reading, which I think is, is excellent, I think we can, you know, the more we read on the things that we need to, we, we're interested in us, but, but also help us be better. It's, it's obviously a win-win. But as there's the education piece for the people I work with. So, you know, um, why are you doing this? How is this helping you? And actually, as they see that 20 to 30% of wasted time gone and being used for something much more productive so they can look over the trees instead of manically cutting through, they, it then becomes something they want to do as well. How often do you think you should um, – so I hate the word should, sorry. Like, how often, I'm going to say it again. How often do you think we should like review how we work? Is it like every week, every day, every six months or – yeah, I think I think reviewing how we're maintaining what we need to do should sort of be and preparing for the next week should sort of be at the end of the week. It's like, oh, did I do everything that I need to do? And what do what does next next week look like? Just generally, and is my diary and everything all you know? What I'm whatever tools you need is it all sort of ready and rocking to sort of set me up up for success next week? So that's slightly more top level. We're just keeping a track of it, um, and then I think you know. Um, how we work changes. So I tend to maybe review every couple of months, but having something somewhere, which will remind you to do it. Um, because not only do, you know, I think we can all relate to being, uh, to getting busier and getting lost in the flow of what you need to do. And there's a danger point there and then best practice or where our focus needs to be shifts because it's very easy to, when you're really busy to start leaning to the things that are easier. <laughs> we all done it, you know, so this little balance can go out of shift. So every couple of months is good to kind of say, okay, where, what am I doing and how am I working? Am I, is this working for me? Am I, what's the output? What am I actually doing? And, and also I think the other thing that we forget is, am I enjoying this? Am I enjoying what I'm doing or am I so busy that I need to rework this? Cause I thought, you know, so there's that piece. And then there's the other thing that we need to consider is, and this is maybe at the, at the, from individually and if you have a team at the sort of review meetings is, you know, the dynamics and the growth of a business or expectations on a startup or individual shoulders changes as they grow and develop and as they do more stuff. So therefore, the way we work needs to be in tune with that. I've worked with people who, you know, one chap I do a sort of a review every six months. And it's interesting because the tools and techniques are way of working that we built, as I explained earlier, shifts so a year later it needs to shift you can't be doing the same things in the same way so it, it no it may not no longer serve you so i think there's a there's a weekly kind of check-in it's good to check the week ahead right oh just my that my diary or well, that looks pretty crazy i better shift that just to check uh, and did i manage to get them done okay cool and then there's the sort of bigger sort of every two months individually like 
what's going on? What is everything working for me right now? Am I delivering? Am I enjoying this? And then there's the bigger company wide sort of or or reflection on the work that you're actually delivering and doing, and the changes that that's happened to you or the business, and how that impacts how you work. So where can we find you online, Sean? We're going to put links in the show notes, but shout out here for people that are on a treadmill or running along the River Thames. Yes. Um, I suppose the best place to check me out is my website, which is seanwinfield.com. And there's lots about me there, some blogs, bits and pieces. We've got the podcast there. And you'll be able to get all the social media handles through that piece as well. Connect. I'm I'm always up for saying hi to like-minded individuals. Um, And yeah, thanks, Bernie. It's been great to speak. Um, I've been dying to do this for years, so I'm glad we finally got to it. And we'll see you soon. Thanks very much for listening, folks. You've been listening to the Tech London Show. If you're interested in joining the community or even making an appearance on this show, make sure you join our Slack group over at techlondon.io. Till next time.